Today on Tune FM, I'm talking to Michael Seifer about the Teachers' Federation and the proposed industrial action with the recent deal that fell through between the Teachers' Federation and the New South Wales government. Um, so, first and foremost, why did you decide to become a teacher? I guess I became a teacher, Ash, to um, contribute back to, um, I guess, society in general from the benefits I had gained from my teachers in uh, public schools. And so uh, they gave me a lot of opportunities, and so that's why I became a teacher, to, I guess, have a career that uh, has that contribution to society and to young people and to the next generations. Yeah, so you enjoy it? It's great. Uh, and I'm also, uh, since becoming a teacher, retrained as a school counsellor. I uh, actually did a lot of my study here at UNE. Um, and, um, yeah, some great roles, both as a teacher and a school counsellor, having worked right across New South Wales, helping some uh, kids with some quite diverse needs in rural areas. In rural areas, they're probably some of the main areas that do need a little bit of extra help. We just saw the audit recently about the well-being yeah. and the disparity between rural and metropolitan areas, so that's mm. certainly an area of focus. So is there a subject that you focus on when teaching and not student counselling or when you were teaching? So I'm a 100% school counsellor now, but I was a history teacher okay. before that. I actually taught a range of subjects, so because as most teachers experience, especially secondary teachers, you're required to teach a range of subjects, particularly in rural communities because of the shortages of teachers. So there's very much a specialist aspect to it in a way. You have to have a broad, yeah. broad understanding. Yeah. So how long have you been teaching for? I started teaching in 2004, so okay. I went to a place called Collingham Central School down near Griffith. Uh, I spent most of my career in the Riverina and moved up here to Armadale about six years ago. So some of the challenges that we're seeing that teachers are facing now, are these ones that you've seen before in your career? Uh, definitely, particularly in rural areas, um, we've always struggled to, to attract and retra- retain teachers. But in the last five to ten years has gotten particularly challenging. So I've been at this for 20 years now, certainly in the last decade and in the last five years in particular, the shortages have become quite extreme in schools. Um, So we have schools in the local area where every day uh, they can't cover classes because of teachers being short. So once upon a time we would have casual teachers who could cover that, uh, now we we don't have casual teachers anymore. Is and that gap being filled by you know final year teaching students in universities at all? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. But unfortunately, it's not filled. Um, uh, classes every day, um, and and most um, shockingly, senior classes uh, are going without teachers in some schools. Um, uh, in the uh, New England Northwest, certainly last year, there were senior t- classes who never had a permanent teacher. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a major issue in our schools. Why are we struggling to retain teachers in these regional areas? So we had the Gallup inquiry in 2019, and they reviewed a lot of the evidence, and uh, both academic evidence, but also uh, an inquiry where they questioned teachers and principals around these issues. And the, there were two big issues that came out. The big issue for uh, current teachers is the workload. Uh, the level of administrative tasks in teaching now that are unrelated to the classroom are out of control. 
Um, and teachers don't become teachers to fill in forms. Find teachers to work with children and young people to educate them, to inspire them. Uh, but now so much of that time, time which was once spent preparing quality learning or time that was once spent organising extracurricular activities is now spent filling in paperwork. Um, and teachers are working on average 55 hours a week now. So we're losing a lot of our experienced teachers to other professions because, you know, teachers are highly educated. It's very easy for them to get jobs elsewhere. Um, so they're leaving the profession the other, the other challenge which was identified was for getting people to come into the profession. So around, there's been around about, a, over the last five years, quite a substantial 20 25% drop-off in the number of people going into teacher training. And only about 50% of um, people who go into teacher training complete their qualifications. Um, and around 20% of them uh, resign in their first year who get through. Um, and we're just not attracting people because salaries are so much better in other professions. And when 80% of teaching jobs are in metropolitan Sydney in New South Wales, the, as everyone's well aware of how difficult rent is in Sydney, it's, it's extreme. Um, teachers can't afford to rent in Sydney anymore. So young people leaving universities are, are taking up other professions which are much better remunerated. And I remember it used to be, you know, teachers were at one point their pay was in line at least with mm. the cost of living you could buy a house on a teacher's salary that's yeah so they're, they're pretty s- much not possible now salaries compared to equivalently qualified professions over the last two decades have declined around 15 to 20 percent compared to other professions with the same sort of qualifications yeah and so that's part of what the the proposed deal with the government was wasn't it was to increase salaries yeah. to remain in line with the cost of living Yep, so the, the New South Wales State Labor Government or the MINS Government, they went to the state election saying that uh, the Gallup inquiry, um, those findings around workload and salaries, was their blueprint to address teacher shortages. Uh, they also made promises that to the entire public sector in New South Wales that they were going to scrap the wages cap that the previous uh, Liberal Government had. They were going to scrap that cap, which was basically what contributed to the declining salaries compared to the private sector. So they made those promises. Um, they were they were elected on those promises. Um, and um, I mean the community. I mean the the deputy premier and the edu- minister for education, Prukar, is on the public record saying that the the citizens of New South Wales elected their government because they wanted the teacher shortages and the nursing shortages and the crisis in our hospitals to be addressed. Mm. The previous government had failed to do that, and so they elected a new government. And so they were elected on that platform around education to address that teacher shortage crisis in our schools, which is particularly damaging in rural areas like Armida. It it seems like it's a very constant theme. I remember when I was in high school, teachers were going on strike for very similar reasons in 2014, 2013, all the way back then. So it's interesting that it is continued... Is there a reason you think that people don't take it seriously? I think the um, the goodwill of teachers is what keeps schools going. Uh, and that's been the case uh, for my entire career. It's been the goodwill of teachers who put in hours which are actually not required of them to put in. Um, you know, no teacher has ever been sacked for 
working to the minimum level of what's required under the award. Uh, but no teacher does that because teachers are working well beyond what's required uh, because they're committed to the young people in their care. And those are the teachers we remember. That's right. Um, and so that's what's held the system together. But now that with such a shortage of teachers, there's simply not the capacity in the system. Uh, no matter how much goodwill there is, uh, teachers do need to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they need to spend time with their own families. Um, and and teachers, I guess, have reached the point where they're starting to say, I need to start thinking about myself and my family. Uh, and I'm not so willing to put in what's been expected of me. And that's what's, that's really creating a crisis in our schools. And so, yeah, governments have neglected uh, the work of teachers and other members of the public sector. Um, and the goodwill has really been stretched too far. Mm. Michael, the New South Wales Teachers Federation has proposed industrial action. What does this look like? So at this stage, um, we've called on the state government to honour the deal that it reached with us. So on the 31st of May, an agreement was reached between the union and the government that there would be a significant restructure to our salaries uh, the overall, uh, I guess, the key figure for experienced teachers was for a 8% salary increase. Um, and then for beginning teachers, uh, they were offering a 12% pay increase. What that would have resulted in is that would have restored New South Wales teachers to being the best paid in Australia. So currently, uh, the, we are only better paid than Tasmania and one other state, which I can't think of. So we're, we're the third lowest paid in the country. So we're losing Queensland is actively uh, chasing particularly graduates mm. out of UNE, I bet, uh, for teaching. Quite close. Yeah. Yep. And so the first deal, the government said, well, we need, to, we need to stop losing teachers from New South Wales. So as a first step, let's restore New South Wales to being the best paid teachers in the country, which traditionally we have been. And that's what the 8% pay rise is about and the 12% for beginning teachers so that they could go out and say, look, Stay in New South Wales, you'll be, as a beginning teacher, you get the best salary in the country. That was the deal that was reached. Uh, then the state government walked away from that deal and they instead came back and said, we actually want to now, we actually want to um, extend the pay to include a three-year wages cap, which is lower than what the previous Liberal government was offering. Yeah. So not only are teachers now under threat in being is the entire public sector, so nurses, police, ambulance officers, etc., are now under threat from the state Labor government that there will be a wages cap lower than the wages cap that the Liberal government had. So the Teachers Federation is calling on the state government to honour the deal that it had made with our union. And as, a, as an initial thing, our, our members, so teachers across New South Wales and our supporters, are really hitting up the government about that. So their phone calls, meetings, etc. Uh, and as, I guess, as an initial signal to the government, uh, Federation members in schools are authorised to walk out if the Premier, the Minister for Education or the Treasurer turn up at their school. Uh, that's the only, you know, industrial type response we've made. Mm -hmm. um, and at this stage, um, all meetings that have been booked have been cancelled. So none of, no teachers have actually walked out of school because the Premier 
and the Minister for Education um, are unwilling to go into schools now because they know how upset teachers are. So what's what the reason why teachers are so upset is that they had hope, finally had hope, that the teacher shortages were going to be addressed. On our first day uh, of term, term two, Prukar, the Minister for Education, actually did a broadcast to all teachers, spoke about the salary increases, how that was her number one priority, and has since come out they've walked away from that. Yeah. So the Teachers' Federation State Council, which meets twice a term, in September will reconvene. We'll review where things are at with the government, whether they've honoured the deal. And if they haven't, then a range of options will be considered in terms of how to strongly respond to the state government. So what should parents know about the industry and the job that they might not see? Mm. And behind the scenes, the things that teachers do for their kids. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess traditionally the pitch that many parents would have uh, is no longer the case because of the shortages. Mm. I'm sure many parents are well aware of the impacts on their own children's learning because their children are coming home with reports saying, oh, I ha- my teacher was away today or I was combined, my class was split into another class and we sat at the back with a workbook if they're in a primary school. Or if they're in a high school, they'll come back home and say, oh, I spent two periods on the basketball courts today instead of doing maths and woodwork. Or if they're a senior student, they might come home and say, yeah, um, we just had our English textbook and we worked through that period three today. So parents are well aware of how this is impacting on their students' learning. And and it's really appalling because this is like one of the most important stages in young people's lives. You only get to go to school once. And this is supposed to be an institution that ensures that every young person is able to achieve their potential in life. But with the teacher shortages particularly impacting in rural areas, uh, young people are being denied their right to a quality education. How do we better support teachers in rural areas? I think um, for existing teachers, they would say um, get rid of all the rubbish jobs I have to do during the day and just let me teach. Uh, Instead of doing data analysis and record keeping and spending more time preparing lessons than I do actually teaching lessons. At one point, that was why we had teaching assistants and office administration, right? Yeah. And those people still exist, uh, but they're at full workload. And a lot of the administrative jobs that were once done in regional and uh, head office in Sydney, they were abolished. Uh, There was about 800 jobs that were cut um, by the O'Farrell state government when they were elected. Those jobs have not been restored, and a lot of that workload was just dumped onto schools. So teachers would say, look, we need to just let us teach. Um, and fill every vacant teacher position. So at the moment, there's around about a 1,000 permanent vacancies in rural New South Wales, just in public schools. Um, And then in Catholic and independent schools, there's also shortages as well, which is why Catholic school teachers have been going on strike with us as well. Mm. So fill those positions, because when those positions, when when there are um, positions unfilled, That means that teachers who once had time during the day to prepare learning, they're now picking up a class because there's a position that's not filled for that day. Or even worse than that, those kids don't even have a teacher. Yeah. And how does that affect the quality of education that students are receiving? It means that 
they are not being taught the full curriculum. Simple as that. Yeah. So there's only there's um, each each syllabus document has a has a number of hours attached to it that's meant to be meant to be taught. Schools are not meeting those hours, so the curriculum, the syllabus documents, are not being taught. So in other words, the government is failing to ensure that our schools are teaching the curriculum. That's simply what's happening. So you think about uh, mathematics, for example. Um, there's a whole range of topics that are meant to be taught. So you would, uh, you would assume a student who's done certain subjects when they go to TAFE or university or into an apprenticeship, this is what their prior knowledge is. I can assume that. Well, no, you can't assume that anymore because they haven't had maths teachers teaching them. So there'll be huge gaps in their learning. So then that has to be picked up at TAFE at university or by their employer. How can we, as you know, residents in the community and family members and parents, support teachers and support whatever action is being called upon to call yeah. for a decision to be made? I think um, parents absolutely should be fighting for their kids' right to an education. Um, as you know, as citizens, that's what we expect from our government. That's what we pay our taxes for. That's what we elect governments for. And so parents should be um, emailing, calling the New South Wales Premier's office. Very easy to Google, Chris Minns. Um, just email him, let him know. Uh, fill the vacant teacher positions in my kid's school. It's not yeah. good enough. Um, they might want to contact Adam Marshall, who can make representations as well uh, to the state government. But I think really the Premier uh, made a promise to the electorate that they were going to address this crisis. And they'd outlined how they were going to address it by making the salaries competitive and by dealing with the workload. They've now walked away from that. Um, so um, it's the community, you know, just contact the government, contact Chris Min, say, what are you doing about the teacher shortage crisis? Um, you know, when, you, when, you're, when your kids come home from school and tell you how much learning's been disrupted, um, take your frustration out on the government because they're the only ones who can do anything about it. It's very much not the teacher's fault. You no. guys are trying your absolute hardest. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we would much appreciate um, parents um, letting the government know that this is not acceptable for young people to miss out. It's a very, very important topic, I think, and one that I'm sure a lot of people don't fully understand so it's, it's really good to get that inside perspective and hear more about it. So thank you for coming in no and, and chatting with us. I hope that this has really helped people out there who don't know what's going on and want to learn a little bit more about it and really encourages people to go out there and, yeah, send emails and letters and contact their representative's office and say, hey, we need to fight for education. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Ash.